Yo. Hey, I'm Emily Chenevere, CEO of the Austin Board of Realtors. Real estate is changing. Disruptors are flipping the script before most of us have even had our morning coffee. So we're taking it to the experts to peel back the layers on what you need to know. Scratch what you think you know about this business and listen up for a new version of an old industry. Everybody knows our attention span sucks. And while I think I can do better than a goldfish most days, I can attest to trying to communicate important stuff about your business to 13,000 realtors every day. It's hard stuff. What's the solution? And how can I change the way that you communicate so that you can cut through the noise with your clients and customers? I sat down with Tracy Weir, former chief marketing officer for Enman News and founder of August Partners to talk about how to do that better. We started by discussing what genuine communication is and why it's pure gold in your business. Tracy, what is the value of genuine communication and how do you define that? Well, genuine communication is something that is a buzzword right now. Everyone wants to communicate authentically and they want to use their influential circle and sphere to communicate authentically. But, you know, honestly, I think communication is much more about listening than it is about blasting out and having someone follow you around with a video camera. (laughs) Right. Which is something that people are doing now. It's like some weird ego-driven, I'm going to create content on the fly type and communicate my whole world to everybody. And it's awful. I do find it interesting that what people call genuine or authentic communication is still so structured, so strategically managed. It is the video camera following me around my life. So if it's not that, what does it look like when it really is authentic? What it really means is listening to who you're trying to talk to. When we think about doing any kind of strategic positioning or branding, what we look at first is who's going to hear the message. What are their concerns? What are they thinking about? What matters to them? Because if you know that, then you can actually design your communications. You can be strategic about it, but it's also genuine because you're actually talking to them about something they want to hear about. And so often in this industry, we hear RDR, realtors don't read, and I hate that saying. Yeah, the reason yes, all of us don't read, but <laughs> I mean, but we do read. Yeah. We do read when it's relevant to us. Ah. And and this is my point is that when you think about communication that has compelled you to do something, it's because it reached you at the right time with the right message about something that you were generally interested in. So the the myth that all content has to be two hundred words or less, or that people don't read or they don't consider, well. You know what? When was the last time you read a review on Amazon? You went way deep. You went into the long tail. If it was a larger purchase, maybe you spent months considering this larger purchase. If you buy a car, you're interested to know in every single last bit of everything about that car because it's a $40,000, $50,000 purchase. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're purchasing a home, huh, that's the largest transaction for most people ever. And so consumers do read. They don't make a decision on the on, on a snap just on a snap basis. They might decide to work with the first agent they've met, but in that case, it's more about convenience that they just met you. But they already know they're going to buy a house. They probably know which neighborhood they want to live in. They know what price range they're in. They've probably already gotten pre-approved for a mortgage. So they're well down the pike by the time they meet the person to facilitate the transaction. So the question to me is, how can you get farther up that chain, mm-hmm. right, where they're considering, okay, which neighborhood am I going to live in? Mm-hmm. Does this person have expertise in the neighborhood? Well, if they're considering the neighborhood and find your content, they're going to go way down deep. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're not just going to glance off your website. And they're not, for an agent, they're not looking at the website for search. They're going to go to Zillow or Redfin or Truly or wherever. But 
you know, it, it goes back to, I guess, authenticity, right? If you're an agent and you're, you're thinking about how am I going to connect with people, well, you're going to connect over expertise. You're going to connect at the moment that somebody needs your expertise in a way that is useful to yeah. them. And if you're just reprinting stuff that doesn't matter, if you're just taking 400-word bites from some syndicated source... It's not you. It's not authentic. It's not genuine. Well, I find that agents who are trying to leverage like influencer marketing and leverage their own personal brand in a way that they think is meaningful tend to focus so much on themselves that they leave out what their client might want to actually hear from them. What's that tidbit? What does a consumer want to hear? And how can real estate agents listen more closely to what their consumers want and need? The first thing is just to stop, stop listening to influencers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. Like... Gary Vee, as much as he's done outstanding things in social and built an enormous media empire with Vaynerchuk Media, telling everyone to crush it yes. and all that <laughs> yeah. crap. It's a lot of crush it in real it, estate. It doesn't help, yeah. right? I mean, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed to listen more than you talk. And when you do talk, talk about the things that are relevant to you and your career and your expertise and talk about it because remember it's like flypaper you're putting it out so that you can attract people that you want to work with mm-hmm. and if you understand the people you want to work with if you go back five six ten years in your career or however long you've been whether it's six months or ten years or twenty and you say what kind of clients do i work best with what are their common concerns then all of a sudden you have this giant list of content that actually springs from your heart that's a lot more authentic yeah and you know it's the same thing at any level Right. If you think about any large corporation that you respect, like Apple, everyone always talks about Apple. But the thing about Apple is they've taken technology and made it so that as opposed to being, you know, an MP3 player with, you know, 254 gigahertz of blah, 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 blah. They say it's a thousand songs in your pocket. Well, that's meaningful to yeah. me. I understand. I mean, they answered that, a question I had. Yeah. Point, I, right. How am I going to carry around music? Well, now I have a thousand songs in my pocket or on my iPhone. And that is helpful when they introduced the iphone x i guess it is the latest version they didn't introduce it saying we have this fancy 454 megapixel camera that can do blah 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 they said you can take really beautiful portraits more beautiful than you ever took before right and moms across the world shouted hoorah right <laughs> children right. pictures of my children now exist that look good right but and they answered a question they solved a pain they, point they, yeah they saw something because it's meaningful for you in the moment yeah but you know i think you have to be willing to invest in understanding so tell me one thing i think about is how to leverage the social media platforms that we use to push content to also pull and to listen There are opportunities within Instagram, within Facebook, to provide content that's not just compelling in terms of what I'm giving out, but that also could be my ears on the ground with my network. So how do you recommend leveraging the platforms in that way? So I'm sort of a Luddite when it comes to social media. I participate in it personally, but I've never wanted to on a personal level, on a professional level, to make it my megaphone. Mm. And the reason is, is that I think when people do that and they try to make Facebook or Instagram and they're trying to drive leads from it and they're an individual, it can come off as feeling really weird, weird and like off target. So I think the people who do it best are people like Katie Lance. Her whole business is social media. Mm -hmm. And I love Katie. She and I worked together at Inman years ago. Sure. But what she does really 
nicely is she talks about her expertise in social media and how, why she's so excited about what she's doing, but she also inserts her personal life in there. Yeah. And for everyone, that's a line, right? Like she talks about her kids. Other people don't want to talk about the yeah, kids. Yeah, that's a personal she, choice. She talks about that she lives in California and other people don't want to say that, you know, they live on Mars. I mean, they don't want to talk about where they live. Sure. But the point is, is that she does a really nice job of blending who she is with what she wants. Yeah, yeah. And I think often when... Um, some people are advised, you know, to get on social and have it be a platform. It's like but what they want. It's not about who they are or what they could give. It's about what they want. Yeah. Years ago, I wrote this blog called 811, and it was technology reviews for real estate agents. And it, I did it after I left Inman from 2013 to 15. In some total, this blog had maybe 60 articles on it, but they were really deep. They were 2,000 words, 2,500 words, technology reviews. And the surprising thing was, is that I would put that out and I got so many comments on it on Facebook, people saying, that was really useful. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I want more. You know, how do I get it? Well, it's because I made an investment that was useful to people and I wanted technology companies at the time as clients. And so who do you think came to me to talk about real estate technology, but real estate technology companies mm. because they thought well your flypaper yeah. caught what you were looking yeah. for because your content was built for that audience right and right. so if you have a an expertise let's say you're an agent you love mid-century houses yeah i mean this is like personally what you're passionate about sure then why would you not have content about mid-century houses? Why would you not put on Instagram every beautiful mid-century house, whether it's yours or not? Yeah. Why would Fly you not? Your flag, yeah. Right? <laughs> why would you not talk about mid-century architects and and design and and furniture and right. and all about it? Yeah. And you know people don't do that because they're thinking, well, it's maybe not interesting or it's not professional or it's mm. not. But when you compromise your passion for something it's just compromised right, right? you just yeah. put out stuff that you're not interested in yeah if you do listen to influencers like gary v the thing that he talks if about you are most crushing it. if you if you are crushing it crushing <laughs> it right if you do listen to him he says talk about your passion be passionate he also says a bunch of other stuff in in top of his lungs which i don't necessarily agree with but it's about your passion professionally mm. yeah and if you're contemplative about what your passion is and offering value within it that's to me how you leverage social media i mean in terms of like if you wanted to advertise your site and put out i'm not the person to talk to about that because so few agents are in that position mm. when you think about how much people actually sell as real estate agents right most people don't do 50 or 100 transactions a year where they're trying to employ a 60 person team yeah most are single agents who yep. want to do six to 12 transactions a year. Well, in that case, it probably doesn't make sense to invest thousands of dollars advertising on Facebook because you'll get so much waste in your media spend that it just doesn't yeah. make sense. But yeah. attracting people based on who you are and what you're passionate about, that yeah. to me makes tons of sense. I appreciate what you say about blending personal and professional. I think that that's a, definitely a line that everybody has to walk in their own way and in a way that feels right to them. I know personally, my younger son had a kidney transplant who was born in kidney failure and then later had a kidney transplant just before he was two. And I shared every bit of that story on Facebook because it was easier for me to talk about it there than to have day-to-day -day interactions with people who wanted to ask me the questions and wanted to know the answers. And over and over and over. Yeah. And, yeah. and what was interesting 
interesting is how that personal story wove its way into my professional life mm-hmm. and really became a part of who I was in both worlds. Mm-hmm. I find power in the people who are willing to share more of themselves personally because I think it comes back to them tenfold professionally. Mm-hmm. But it's something that you have to be sure that the whole family feels good about and that you're really committed to. Well, like, Once you start, people want to know more. I mean, you shared a lot, but there was a line, wasn't there, where you sure. were like, I'm yeah. not going to... I'm going to stop here. Yes, sure. You know, and, and I think that's the thing of it is there's a line for everybody. You just have to find it. Yeah. And everyone hates it when there's too much personal. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I think, Yeah, I think it's about, for me, I have made my bed professionally on connecting with people mm-hmm. and building relationships. And so that, if I was not sharing some part of this major seismic crack in my world personally, then I wasn't connecting with people in a real way. I just encourage the realtor community to not just try to market and sell and do and push but also to pull you know when you have some kind of seismic shift in your world personally Mm -hmm. you should talk about it Mm because people are interested it makes you human and real and probably makes you a better realtor because you're a relatable person at that point not just a marketing machine oh i agree but i mean it also works you're the new ceo of austin and (laughs) so i've heard (laughs) and so i think you've done a remarkable job pretty quickly making the association your your own Right? You have a long history of other CEOs and other things that have gone on, but you've sure. done a remarkable job of making the association your own without it being like Emily's personal platform. Yeah, I right? appreciate that. Yeah. But you have to do that, right? If right. you're a professional and you're in charge of a team, you have to make it so that it is your own, so that it has its own unique purpose right. and its own unique message that's authentic to you. And you can't just parrot the company line. And more so, I think we're trying to make associations human. Institutions have no love in today's culture. Right. And so if I don't personalize it to some extent, if we don't talk to our 13,000 members in a way that's real and human and maybe somewhat reflective of who I am as a person, then I'm missing the opportunity to connect with them in a meaningful way. Well, it's refreshing. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I deal with associations all over the country, and often there's such fear about saying anything. Yeah. Positive or negative. We can't say that. Yeah. How can we say lots of things without saying anything at all? And so then, you know, they're like, well, no one is reading our stuff and no one's paying attention. Well, it's because you're not actually saying anything that is useful to anybody. You chose not to say anything. (laughs) Right. So if you're not saying anything that's useful, then don't expect expect people to read it don't expect people to interact with it but if you're saying something that is useful and using channels to get it out to people like email is still the most effective form of marketing ever yeah you believe that you think email is the most effective 100 percent. it's unbelievable much more so than even social because when somebody signs up for your list they're asking to receive your stuff they're asking for you to put something in their email box Mm. and they will read it if they are interested i think that's one of the things that's happened with the campaign that we've been working on together is i think people are interested in it because it's different. So email is powerful in the sense that it's not just passively consumed like my news feed on Facebook, but I asked for it. And then if you gave me what I really asked for, I will read it. Then it's incredibly compelling right. and is more meaningful than, than social media. I can understand that. I can right. see that. So when I was doing my 811 blog, I would send out a newsletter on Saturdays. I would put in the synopsis of the tech article of the week, but at the end, I'm really personally into wine. I love wine. And I used to manage a wine store, so I actually know quite a lot about it. And I would always put in at the end a wine tip of the week. And that email, I'm actually sorry, I kind of gave it up. Maybe I should get back to it. But (laughs) it had like a 60% open rate because it was people had asked for it. 
they wanted the tech thing and they wanted the wine tip. Yeah. And there wasn't anything else in it but the tech thing and the wine tip. And so that was sort of my thing. It was all about what I loved, but it was also useful to people. Yeah. And because people had asked for it, it was a great channel. What you're trying to do when you have a content strategy or when you have anything that you're communicating is trying to get people to ask you to give more. Regardless of the platform you Mm -hmm. use, and there's all kinds of strategy behind Instagram versus Facebook versus email versus my website. And the content matters no matter where it lives. But what matters most is what you put in it. Yeah. And if you met somebody's need in doing so, and if that somebody was your client, then you're really doing well. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is that you don't have to be everywhere at once. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of pressure to perform across every content package that up and spit it out. I find that impossible. Personally, I find that impossible. And I can't imagine that I'm any different than like your average realtor, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, to think about, okay, not only have I got to write this thing, Mm -hmm. now I have to socialize it on five different platforms and I've got to measure response and I've got to advertise and boost the post and blah. It's like, what? When are you supposed to sell real estate? It's chase two rabbits, get none. You cannot divide your attention that many ways and be really successful and have high quality content in all the places all the time. You can't. And I don't think you should. Yeah. And, you know, some of the most successful people, like there's this guy named Chris Brogan, who I followed for a long time. He's sort of an entrepreneurial guru, not like Seth Godin, but he's like really about small businesses. And he's not on Facebook at all. That's crazy. I'm, isn't that nice yeah. in this world? Yeah. Because he's like, I don't like Facebook, and right. I've never been on it. I don't want to be on it. I don't want to waste my time on it. Right, right. You might find me on Twitter once in a while, but I don't really like that either. So he's built his entire empire, and it is quite a little empire now, right. on his very useful website and yeah. his email list. And true to self, right? If yeah. he doesn't like and value those platforms, if that's not a place where he feels like he can connect genuinely... It's not worth the time spent on it. The thing is, is that when he is sending out his email, it's actually genuinely valuable content. He's Mm -hmm. thought about it. He doesn't send five things a week. Yeah. He sends one thing a week. Right. And when you get that one thing, he always opens it up. He says, you know, I'm sitting here with a green tea. What are you drinking this morning? And then he goes (laughs) into his thing about whatever the subject is of the week. But so many people who are really great in sort of the social space, you don't see them everywhere. Mm -hmm. You see them some places. Yeah, pick a place. Pick a place, make it your own, have fun with it, but there's only so much of anyone to go around. Yeah. And that's true for companies too. If you're not good at it, you don't like it, you right. hate it, why would you yeah. do it? Let's move on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the next chapter. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tracy, you're one of the most genuine people I know in this Aww. industry, and I, I value any opportunity to speak with you, but especially for you to help tell realtors that they don't have to do it all and they don't have to do it on every platform. And if they'll just stick to who they are and do that really well, that that can be meaningful for them. Totally. But now that you've given this up, before we wrap, you need to give a wine tip to all the listeners. Oh, well, let's see. Shop the import section. Do you have a favorite locale? Well, I love Cote d'Aron. So typically that's Syrah and Senso and Mervedra. You know, often some of the best buys are in the import section. And if you go to any major supermarket, is wine sold in the supermarket in Texas? Yes. If you walk down the aisle there, what you'll see is, is that pretty much there's somebody who's tasted that bottle of wine and it is unlikely that you will ever buy a really bad bottle of wine at a supermarket because yeah. every bottle in there has been tasted because they don't want you to return it. Yeah. So explore, spend a bottle, and you'll have something really tasty. I like it. Maybe we'll put your top three in the show notes this time. Ooh, I like it. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, team. Let's make this a thing. If you like what you heard today, share this episode on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag me at mshinevere. 
That's E-M Chenever. You can also subscribe to Scratch That on SoundCloud and iTunes and grab show notes at abor.com slash scratch that. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's go get some stuff done out there. <music>